What's up, world? Welcome to another Ankle Biters podcast where we talk college football from a college fantasy football perspective. I am your host, Tony, a.k.a. Farnsworth. Check this out. You can hit us up on Twitter, at CFF Nation, on the Twitter machine. That is the Twitter handle for the Sooner Nation College Fantasy Football account. Again, that is at CFF Nation. I am joined by my co-host, my man, Hunter Grand. Owens, what's going on, man? Man, how you doing tonight, bro? Listen, man, we in here. I'm in here. You in here. We got a great lineup, ready, great episode, great content, a lot of good content. Man, how you feeling today? Man, I feel like something trying to attack me, man. Got body aches, man, a little fatigue. Um, But uh, listen, man, I'm a fighter, so... We up doing this thing anyways. Owens, guess what, man? We've got something special today planned for our listeners. As I said uh, last week, we would have a special guest on for every week in the month of October. And we have today, man, what I like to call one of the OGs. One of the OGs, man, of college fantasy football. This guy is a... He's a he's a walking uh, a walking I don't know what to call him man he's got so much information so much insight I'm telling you Imagine. man I listen to this guy when he when he's representing the college fantasy football community he represents well he he can break things down like no other he speaks well he right. knows what he's talking about he's got a lot of knowledge a lot of information that would be none right. other than the grid iron skull John Love what's going on man. Hey, man, good morning. What another great weekend of football. I watched way too much this weekend. Maybe I should get out sometimes. But you know what? It's, <laughs> on, to, it, it's on to week eight, and the fantasy playoffs are right around the corner. Yeah, it's time to set some things up, set your lineups up, get your rosters right. You got to look at the playoff schedule. That is huge. I mean, you want to make the playoffs to make some noise. You don't want to just make the playoffs to say, hey, I made the playoffs. So you got to look at the overall <laughs> picture of the playoffs, and you got to look at everything involved. Guys, we had a great week of college football, a great week of college fantasy football. A lot of things went on. A lot of things happened. Let's get into some of the content because week seven is over. Now we're on to week eight, as John just stated. But before we get to week eight, let's recap the action of week seven. Listen, Virginia Tech comes to mind first. Rhode Island coming in there, I mean, having one win on the season and giving Virginia Tech all they wanted. I mean, they're going into the fourth Mm -hmm. quarter up by seven, Virginia Tech, up by seven. What is the deal? I mean, we've seen this time and time again this year. We've talked about it on the podcast. We've talked about it, you know, uh, just, just you and I talked about it. These these right. these uh, smaller schools, these one double A teams coming into not just the G five, but the P five schools, and they're just giving them all they want and some. So they're not just coming in and getting the check. This is almost like it's not even a real sparring match. This is almost like, hey man, this is a real fight. John, what do you think about this, man? <laughs> hey, I'll tell you how shocked I am. 
UConn beat Rhode Island last year in their opening game of the season, and we only won one game. So the simple fact that Virginia Tech was pushed by Rhode Island, that's a really that's an, an embarrassment. They should bury Rhode Island. <laughs> Easily. Owens, man. Owens. I mean, they, they, the, well, they're rolling out Hendon Hooker, who looked good in the previous week. You look good this week, too. But, I, right. dude, uh, Owens, help me out, man. Listen, man. Listen, man. I, I went back and looked at Virginia Tech's defense. And I looked at who they played. Listen, Furman had them struggling, too, a few weeks mm-hmm. back. Furman, now, Furman hung uh, 17 on them. Uh, Virginia Tech ended up winning that game 24-17. to 17. But I saw Furman uh, had them struggling. Now, I really wasn't that surprised uh, that, you know, that, that, <laughs> that Virginia Tech struggled with Rhode Island. Like, I mean, I thought they would beat them uh, by more points than they did, actually. But I knew they were going to give up some points, man. I just they, – they defense is – They've definitely got to get that thing fixed. Justin Fuente, uh, his seat may be getting hotter as he's doing his quarterback shuffle right now. I tell you what, Deshaun McLeese has woken up and he's looking like – like a, like he may be have like he may have some fantasy value coming up, guys. I got a question for you. Right? Is Vanderbilt that bad? Yes. <laughs> yes. I agree. <laughs> yes. Um, I agree. This is um, you know you 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 saw it kind of saw it when you, they they struggled against you know the uh, who was that they played out of the MAC they 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 struggled in that game, but then. Uh, in, in this game, they just looked, oh, my goodness. I was shocked at this game. I was very, very shocked <laughs> at this game and, 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 and how the game went. It looked like <coughs> Vanderbilt wasn't even any match. Owens, man, what's going on? Quarterback play. Okay. Vanderbilt quarterback play, man. Uh O'Neal, man, he just he's he's not the guy, man. Riley Neal just, I mean, they got to go somewhere else. I mean, the running game, uh, Vaughn can only do so much. I mean, and he got down that game before he went out with an injury. Uh, but as far as the, the passing game, I mean, it's almost non-existent. It's just almost all Vaughn. So if you focus on trying to stop the running game, that's I mean, you're gonna win the game because I mean, it seemed like Riley Neal is just not. I mean, he's not accurate. He's, he's not putting up. He's not making the defense honest. So, I mean, he only threw for what in that game? Uh, 104 uh, yards on 25 attempts. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. 44% passing yeah. completion. So, and a pick. Against, against UNLV, yeah. <laughs> John, jump in here, man. Help me. <laughs> well, this, this is so bad. UNLV was one in four playing with their backup quarterback Mm -hmm. and they got pimp slapped. Yes. Or they pimp slapped the Commodores. (laughs) I mean, I mean, Riley Neal, look at man, it ain't working. Why is he playing? I'm not saying Deuce Wallace is the answer, but at this point, Riley Neal cannot make the jump from Ball State to the SEC. It's done. Mm -hmm. You tried it. It failed. On the bench, young man. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's just 
you know, let's see if Deuce Walls can do anything because you're one and five, and the SEC is going to tear you up the rest of the year. The rest of the yes. year. I mean, Deuce Wallace, you've got to see what you've got there. He didn't look that much better in the game, you know, no. other than, you know, better than Riley Neal looked. And Northern Illinois was the other MAC team that I was talking about that Vanderbilt struggled with. And this wasn't even a struggle. I mean, they got they got beat uh, 34, 34 10. to 10. <laughs> Come on, UNLV. Man. Yes. 34 yes. 10 to UNLV. With a backup quarterback. With a backup quarterback. And Charles Williams didn't even, you know, he didn't even get down. He didn't even do his thing. The other guy. Right. Some other guy who, you know, where'd this guy come from? This guy's in there doing what he do, you know. So uh That's that's it's bad. Just very, very bad. Guys, so the the yeah. the, the uh AP poll comes out on Sundays and so it, it came out and so we have Clemson moving down to third. What do you guys think of this? Is this warranted? Is this a little just just I mean just a knee jerk reaction? What do you guys think about Clemson being undefeated, beating everybody in front of them, but yet moving down to third? Schedule. I have no. Yeah, <laughs> and I have no. Pro, I have no problem with it. They're not as good as they were last year at this point. Right? Can they still? Can they peak and get better? Of course they can. But if I, their defensive line was better last year, mm-hmm. their defense was better. Mm-hmm. Um, Travis Etienne was running the football better. So the, to me, they still have room to improve. I got no problem with them. I think LSU is unbelievable. You know, they're still ahead of Ohio State, Oklahoma. So I really don't have any problem with it. Yeah, I think I think Ohio State, if anybody, well, I think with the, with the win that LSU had over uh, Florida this past week, I think that's – Maybe a bit of a knee-jerk reaction, and you you know you're moving Clemson down. But Owens, man, jump in here, man. I just look at the schedule that Clemson has played. Um, um, I don't think that uh, they played a level of competition that like a LSU has faced. Um, neither has Alabama, uh, but Alabama has looked better uh, overall than Clemson. LSU has looked better overall than Clemson. Um, I would even say Ohio State has looked better overall than Clemson. I um, agree with that. Yeah, totally. Um, uh, Lawrence has struggled at times on offense. They're not running the ball enough with ETN. Um, they tried to give him give it to him more this past weekend, which was a good thing. But um, I, listen, I think they deserve to be where they are at number three. I have no problem with it. Yeah, I, I I totally agree with you about the Alabama, but yeah, but they've looked better against the competition that they've played. Two is just out here doing two of things, man, and he's right. just picking picking guys who he wants to feed the ball to week in week out, as he has like thirty nine different wide receivers that he can throw the ball to, and they all right. can just be studs for that particular week. Yeah, Alabama's right. loaded on offense. I can't wait to see that matchup between right. them and LSU this year. Guys, we're going to talk about some things that stood out to you this particular week, man. I'm going to do something different than we do every single week. John, since you're our guest, man, uh, tell us some, uh, you know, uh, 
couple, two, three things that, that, that stood out to you this week on the college football landscape? Uh, to me, Arizona State is one of the most underrated teams in the nation. Hey, they're five and one. They they beat Washington State 38 to 34. I love their young quarterback, Jaden Daniels. He's playing great football. Eno Benjamin is as good as it gets in the backfield. Now, they gave up 34 points to the Cougars, but in general, I think their defense has been playing very well. Coach Edwards deserves a lot of credit for turning Arizona State around so quickly. I'm looking forward. Let me just make sure. Yeah, big game now with Oregon on November 23rd, man. That game, if both teams go in there and they're like 9-1, and that is for the Pac-12 title, Mm -hmm. possibly a chance, you know, in the postseason, even though it's going to be hard for the Pac-12 to get in now. But that one totally, totally – I think people aren't talking about how good the Sun Devils are. This week they play UCLA. That should be a piece of cake. USC looks pretty much like they have a good chance. Oregon State, they're going to kill. So, oh, no, they have Utah next. Sorry, Utah, yeah, then UCLA. Utah this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, forgot. I overlooked that on the schedule. So they get through Utah. Their schedule is a little easy until they get to Oregon. So I, I think this is a big – this is a good football team. So they really impressed me um, this weekend, beaten back. Now they beat Cal and Washington State back-to-back. Um, two, Louisville. I lost some ducats, man. <laughs> Louisville versus Lake Forest here, man. I was all in on Wake Forest, man. Jamie Newton, Sage Surratt, and um, Scotty Washington – what the hell happened? Louisville comes in, gets beats you down 62 to 59. The Cardinals put up 62 points yes, they did. with a backup quarterback, mm-hmm. Evan Conley. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm completely speechless. Jamie Newman leaves the game. Sam Hartman comes in. Don't really understand what that was about. You know, I, look at man. They, there's no way the Demon Deacon should have lost this game. I'm so upset about that. Hey, the Cardinals are much better than I thought. Now, their defense is in shambles still. Cardinals are not afraid to give up 30 points to the opponent. But they can definitely score. They can score. I like this young team. Des Fitzpatrick awoke from the grave this weekend oh, yes, with 125 yards and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So, that I mean, but Wake Forest, man, getting stunned by Louisville. I'm still shocked. And what the hell was this Appalachian State-Louisiana game on um, Wednesday night? Uh, 24 combined points. Uh, the over-under was like 70. <laughs> I had um, I had Cortland Sutton, Sutton in the game. I had um, LaMarcus Bradley in the game. Uh, and I'm looking up, and nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. <laughs> I was so pissed. Please. I'm like, I'm like where's... Where's the garbage time? Man, <laughs> please don't get me started on that game. I've had I had fantasy implication in the game, as you did yourself. I had Darrington Evans in the game. I had Elijah Mitchell in the game. In my other league, the College Fantasy Football University League, well, whatever, Brandon Sanders, I had, Eli, I had Trey Regis in the game. <laughs> none of them, none of them put up anything worth talking about. No, unbelievable, right? It was crazy because neither one of those teams 
this year have been playing defense. Appy State is known for being a defensive football team in years past. That has not been the case this year. Totally different tone they're singing on this side of the ball. Totally different story. They're giving up points every week. Louisiana Lafayette's been giving up points. They've been giving up points every week. So I can expect them. But the whole Appy State thing, you know, they've been giving up points this, this year. But for some reason, they started this week playing defense. Right. And it's almost like, okay, what, what, what in the world is going on to where this team now, this week, these two teams want to play defense this week. I was shocked and I was mad. I was pissed about that game. Yes, I said it. I was P-I-S-S-E-D. All caps about that game. <laughs> Owens, man, tell us what stood out to you about oh, this past man, game. upset weekend, buddy. Man, listen, South Carolina going into Georgia, man, upsetting the Bulldogs. Get yeah. you some Georgia. Listen, them, them, them Gamecocks, man, they had a good defensive plan. They uh, they executed it well. Uh, Fromm struggled through um, three interceptions. Yes, he did. Some crucial times. I mean, some crucial ones. Um, and, and like I said, Ryan Helensky, man, a young quarterback, uh, freshman, man. I mean, he stood his own um, and uh, put him in position, man, to win. It went to double overtime and uh, Gamecocks ended up pulling it off in overtime, double overtime. So, I mean, that was a shocker, man. I mean, you look at that game on the schedule and you're thinking, man, you're coming in, you uh two and three uh, going into Georgia, who's undefeated, uh, five and oh, and it's like, man, you would expect Georgia to just roll right over them. But, man, that was a shocker. Um, the other one, Memphis losing to Temple. Uh, I knew Temple was going to give them – problems um you know memphis is a high-flying team man they like to score a lot um temple man they, they got a good defense um i just didn't expect them to pull off the upset um i thought memphis i thought it was gonna be a close game but i thought memphis would, would pull it out um but uh brady white had a good game surprising to me brady white had a good game because uh, you know how I feel about Brady White. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. He's not a Brady White fan. I'm not a Brady White fan. But uh, he, he surprised me. Um, Gainwell, uh, they pretty much had him bottled up. He had a long run. If it wasn't for that, I mean, he was pretty much uh, bottled up, shut down. But like I said, man, Temple had, um, like they always do, they show up with good defense. And they pulled up the upset. Um, the other game stood out like like a lot was talking about, man. Louisville versus Wake Forest, man. That was a. Uh, I was up watching that game, man, and I I mean I watched the whole thing, and it was like, man, I actually thought uh, Wake Forest was going to come back and win it, um, but uh, you know down the stretch late, I mean they, they outscored Louisville in the fourth quarter to to get within three, and. Um, you know, got an onside kick late and then went down and scored again. You know, like I said, it down by three. And they almost got that last uh, onside kick, which would have made it really interesting. But, yeah, man, that was a, it was a fun game to watch, but also a surprising game uh, as far as the outcome goes. 
Yeah, the whole Georgia game, man. Who would ever thought they'd see Jake Fromm throw 51 passes <laughs> in a game? I understand it was double overtime, but this is the Georgia Bulldogs who uses, you know, 17 running backs, yeah. you know, in a in a game. DeAndre, DeAndre Swift and the, the whole crew that they got back there. And Fromm's throwing this ball 51 times. So you can tell the Gamecocks had them kind of on edge there with, with, you know, when you get the guys – out of their game plan. Another thing, Louisville and Wake Forest, I fell asleep on that game on the couch, and I woke up because Louisville was beating the dickens mm-hmm. out of Wake Forest mm-hmm. when I fell asleep. And so I kind of dozed off when I saw Jamie Newman running to the mm-hmm. locker, running to you know running back to the locker, and I'm thinking, oh, wow, I don't need this because I had him in the game. In our home league, you know, I, I this was a week where I struggled. I needed every bit of Justin Henderson's points to get me the win. <laughs> and so I see him running to the locker room and I'm like, oh, wow. So I doze off and I wake up and Sam Hartman is leading them back. I'm like, mm-hmm. what is going on? What happened mm-hmm. in this game? And so they, 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 they do a cutaway scene where they pan over to Jamie Newman and he's over there half naked. <laughs> Looked like he had his shirt off. He's all taped up. I'm like, what is going on in this game? I'm half asleep. Hartman's in the game. They're 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 only up by three. Louisville is only up by three. Hartman's over there with his shirt off. He's taped up. I'm thinking, what is happening? But they ended up losing the game. Louisville it looked like they could still be scoring right now. Uh, you know that, that that was that was just a that was just a crazy game. Like John said, they're not afraid to give up. 30 points. So Louisville definitely struggling on defense. They're going to have to sure that up if they, you know, if they want anybody to take them serious. All right, guys, we've come to our CFF segment, college fantasy football segment of the show. We're going to do our start, sit, and our PAP. PAP is potential average performance, not necessarily a sit, somewhat of a caution, somewhat of uh, these, this, these are players that may have an average game, an average day. So if you can look elsewhere, if you've got better matchups, you may want to look elsewhere. And so Owens is going to start us off with the start. And we'll do quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. And then our special guest, John Lobb, will go, and then I will follow John. Are you guys ready for Start Sit PAP? Ready to rock. Let's do it, Owens. Let's go, man. Man, quarterback that I'm going to start this week. It's Jalen Hurts versus West Virginia. Jalen Hurts, um, he he kind of struggled a little bit this past week against Texas, but he uh, he also made uh, some heck of a throws, man, to CD Lamb. I mean, a lot of people they they talking about Lamb and what he did after the catch, but man, if you look at them throws that. That, that that Jalen Hurts made to him in order for him to make those plays. I mean, them were some on-the-money throws, man. But um, West Virginia, man, is struggling. Um, I see Hurts going in there, man, and uh, he's going he gonna to have another 300-plus passing game, uh, probably three, four touchdowns, and then he's going to have probably a couple on the ground. So, um I'm looking for Jalen Hurst to have a big game this weekend versus West All right, Virginia. Mr. Law. My guy this week that I'm looking at is Malcolm Perry 
the quarterback at Navy. He is smoking hot. I don't think people realize how great a football he is playing. In the last two games, he has scored over 70 fantasy points. He has 329 yards rushing and five touchdowns. And he actually threw the ball against Air Force. He had 144 yards passing. Malcolm Perry is my man this week against South Florida. Man, I like it, man. Yeah, he he did his thing this past week, nice. man. He he tore Tulsa up. I didn't think he would tear Tulsa up like that. But he ripped yes, Tulsa he a new one. <laughs> he ripped Tulsa a new one. I I'm going to go with Joe Burrow, the quarterback from Mississippi State. My man, Joe Burrow, is piping hot right now. I mean, he is just piping hot right now. He's got mm-hmm. the Heisman in his sights. He's got Bama in his sights. You know, I don't I don't see him slowing down any. And in comes Mississippi State. Just so happens to be next on the chopping block. Burrow has been lighting everybody up this year. The man has 25 touchdowns through five games. Just, I mean, to just three picks. He's already over 2,000 passing yards. He's got just as many wide receiver weapons as Alabama and OU. I mean, the dude has has got options out there, mm-hmm. and they've got Clyde running the ball now. These guys are scary right now. I thought it was just going to be a pass-happy offense, but you've got Edwards Hilaire out there doing his thing, which makes Joe even more dangerous. So I'm starting Joe Burrow against Mississippi State. I like it. Running back that I'm going to start this week, uh, Jonathan Taylor versus Illinois, man. Jonathan Taylor, man, is is uh, so far it seems like he's just unstoppable. Um, everybody gets gets in front of him, man. I mean, he just runs, you know, crazy, man. They feed him, they feed him the ball. Seems like if his side is throw a touchdown, they're gonna make sure Jonathan Taylor get it. So, um, and, and looking at Illinois' defense last week, Michigan, man. I mean, you, man, just who wants to touchdown? I mean, ask him to come in. He got. Uh, 12 carries for <laughs> 12 carries for 125 and a touchdown. Charbonnet 18 carry 116 and a touchdown. True Wilson came in, got him uh, Tony Mustard 46 yards. Tony Mustard. Shane Patterson got him. A, <laughs> man, Tony Mustard came in and had 80 yards in the touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, <got, laughs> like, hey, you got to be wide touchdown. <laughs> man, Lobs, did you get you some? <laughs> Man, everybody, so listen, Illinois, you're about to get a, get a heavy dose of Jonathan Taylor this week. Get ready, man. He's going to have uh, at least 250 and four touchdowns. John, love what you got, man. My number one guy, I am going to pick on this team from now until the end of the season, or at least until they stop bleeding points. But Georgia Tech is awful oh, against the run. Terrible. <laughs> Fire up my boy, DJ Dallas, Miami. He has 472 yards rushing this year and six touchdowns. Miami is going to bludgeon the Yellow Jackets front seven. Fire up, DJ Dallas. I like it, man. I'm going to go with the guy who disappointed me this past week. Uh, It was about time that he had a letdown. I did not think that it was going to come against Louisiana Lafayette. One, Darrington Evans is who I'm talking about. A very mediocre performance against a team that has pretty much been defensively challenged all year long. And so you were kind of waiting on that letdown week and didn't think it would be this week. 
Well, it was against Louisiana Lafayette. Good. You mm-hmm. got it out of your system. You got it out of the way. Okay, let's move on. Next on the schedule, you Louisiana Monroe. Give it up 228 rushing yards on the ground per game. Yes, I will take some of that. Give me Darrington Evans against Louisiana Monroe mm. this week. Mm, like it. Ah, wide receiver that I'm going to start this week. Antonio Gandon, Gandy Golden versus Maine. Listen, old Antonio, man, the guy has been, you know, putting up some numbers, man, some fantasy numbers, man, this year, man. He, uh, he don't really catch a whole lot of balls. Um, I think eight catches was the most in a single game this year that he's gotten, but Listen, the guy seemed to catch a long bomb every week. And um, this this guy, he's, he's facing Maine this weekend, man. I just think he's going to have another at least one or two long bombs this weekend. So uh, I'm going to start Antonio Gandy-Golden versus Maine. Mr. Lobb. I am going to pick on another defensively challenged team this week. Michael Pittman Jr. of USC. They are hosting the Arizona Wildcats. Pittman's been very good this year. He's not being talked enough about, but I love him in this start. Everyone put Michael Pittman Jr. in your lineup. (laughs) Yes, Arizona, they do know how to open up. They can bleed uh, points. Yes, yes. You yes. get off the bus, you get two points. You get two points for coming, for showing up. Yes, they do know. You get three points. Yes, they do know how. It's, a, it's a somewhat of a charity with them. They know how to give it up. But I'm going with my wide receiver. I'm going with Seth Williams of Auburn. I think Bo Nix is starting to formulate some type of chemistry with Seth, uh, Seth Williams, he seemed to be building chemistry with the freshmen. The last time they ran out, you know, in, uh, a couple weeks ago, they ran into a buzzsaw against the Gators. It was a couple weeks ago. But Arkansas is next up. They're not Florida. They're not anywhere near Florida. I think Seth Williams is going to light Arkansas up. Uh, that confused Razorback defense is going to get a heavy <laughs> dose of Mr. Seth Williams. I don't think they know who they are. They don't know their identity. They don't know the games they're supposed to win and the games they're supposed to lose. They just seem to lose to the likes of San Jose State and teams <laughs> like that. So, hey, Auburn's coming in. Mm. And so and I, and, and, and I think Seth Williams is going to have a nice, hefty college fantasy football meal against the confused Razorback defense. All right, guys, we've come to our sit. Damn, like what guys are you going to bench if you're – if you, I mean, if you had your pick of guys that you would bench this week, I want you to give that. I want you going to kick us off. <laughs> Go ahead. Listen, man, the quarterback that I'm going to bench this week is Jake Luton versus Cal. Jake, my man Jake, man, listen. A couple weeks ago, you went in, the, uh, went in there against UCLA and you lit it up. 285 passing yards and five touchdowns against uh, uh, UCLA a couple weeks ago. And I'm pretty sure everybody jumped on your band, jumped on the bandwagon and said, oh, man, we got to go snatch up old Jake Luton, which, you know, I, I said grab him because, uh, you know, he's probably going to be uh, some help on down the, down the road. But last week he ran into Utah. 
and Utah had his water cut off. He told him no. Nah, nah, we're not gonna we're not gonna allow you to do what you did last week. Um this is a new defense you're facing, man. We got that tape and uh your water is cut off. So he goes to face a cow defense this weekend, and I believe Cal got that tape. <laughs> the same tape Utah had. So um, I think Luton, if you got Jake Luton, man, please put him on your bench. This is a hard one for me, but I'm not, from a college fantasy football standpoint, Justin Herbert's a good, not great quarterback because his upside is limited. And this week, I don't like him going mm-hmm. in to Washington against these Huskies. The Huskies can play nasty at times on defense. I think Herbert's going to be average here. Mm-hmm. I think his upside at best is like 220 yards and two touchdowns. And we I don't like him here at all against the Huskies. The quarterback that I am going to sit this week, Jaden Daniels against Utah. Listen, man. The freshman mm-hmm. did his thing this past week, of course, against Wazoo. Listen, this is not mm-hmm. Wazoo. Utah having one of the best defensive units in the country. Look, different caliber of team mm-hmm. this week. I'm going to sit the freshman against an experienced, nasty Utah defense. I like it. I like it. The running back that I'm going to sit this week is Reggie Corbin versus Wisconsin. Them badges, man. Them guys. The defense are for for real, man. They are for real. And they've had, is it four straight shutouts? Is that that what I'm looking at? Is it, oh, two straight shutouts in four this season. Yeah, two straight shutouts and four shutouts this season. They've only given up 15 points as as the most uh, so a combined total of 29 points on the season. Defense is for real. Reggie Corbin, like I always say, man, listen, Reggie Corbin, you might as well not even show up to this game um, because Wisconsin is not going to allow you to do anything. So, uh, you know, and now one of your running backs, for that matter, uh, from Illinois, uh, probably get – 50 total rushing yards in the whole game this weekend. So, anyway, I'm sitting Reggie Corbin against Wisconsin. Mr. Love. I am going to bench Kylan Hill versus LSU. Man, I watched him. He, I'm going to just be nice here. He was pathetic mm, this yes weekend. He was. Oh, my God. I mean, he, he is rolling into Tennessee. And he gets yeah. 13 yards <laughs> on 11 carries. My grandmother could do that. What the hell is wrong with you? I invested <laughs> in you. I put you in starting lineups. Oh, my God. I was so mad. I wanted to throw a brick at the screen, but I can't afford a new TV. What is wrong with him? There's no way I'm playing that young man <laughs> against the LSU Tigers. He ain't going to get squat. Put him on the bench. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. I, I'm going with Deion Jackson, man, against UVA. Deion Jackson, he was just starting to roll just a bit. He was starting to wake up. He was starting to to be of fantasy value. 
this year. You had Britton Brown going down, so he was solidifying himself as the guy to go to in the backfield for the Duke Blue Devils. But this week, he's facing a defense that's only giving up 90 yards a game on the ground, the Cavaliers. The Virginia Cavaliers are at home in this one. Look, I've got to sit Jackson this week against the stout run defense of Virginia, Bronco Mendenhall, and that and that great defense that they have at home. I'm sitting Deion Jackson. I like it. Good sit. Uh, the wide receiver that I'm going to sit this week is my man, Isaiah Hodgins versus Cal. Listen, I said sit, sit Jake Luton. I'm also sitting as number one target, Isaiah Hodgins, this week. Um, like I said, last week. If you have a beaver, put the beaver put in the in box. The box. Put, them in, put, them, put them in the box. Listen, Utah, like I said, man, Utah shut them boys down. They said no to that pass offense. <laughs> and uh, listen, Cal going to do the same thing. So if you guys have Isaiah Hodgins, Sit him down. He's one of the most productive wide receivers in the nation, but not this week. <laughs> sit him. I like it. Mr. Love. I am going to sit. I, first, let me say this. I can't believe he's on 50% of teams, so that's just shocking in and of itself. But I am sitting Jawan Jennings of Tennessee against the Alabama Crimson Tide. Look, I don't know how Tennessee won yesterday. I, I'm still shocked that they beat Mississippi State. But now they're going into Alabama. There is no way Nick Saban is going to allow the ball get anywhere near Jawan Jennings. He's their playmaker. He's their best wide receiver. He only had 6.9 points against Mississippi State. He might not even have three catches against Alabama. Put him on Look, your bench. I don't know what they did to Mississippi State. You you gave man, no you gave does. the stats for Colin Hill. You ran down his stat line. Just putrid. I mean, pitiful. It putrid. was pitiful. Oh my God. He stunk so bad in that game. It almost I mean, you you yes. look at that stat line and you're like, do I need to drop this guy? He stunk <laughs> that bad, man. So yeah, I like that a I like that a lot. That's what I what I always say, they put up them delete me delete points. Delete me off the roster points, please. <laughs> My wide receiver sit. I'm going with Keelan Stokes, the Golden Hurricanes, going out to Cincinnati. Mm. Cincinnati has one of the better defenses in the AAC. I think Keelan mm-hmm. Stokes will not only struggle, but I think he's going to have an output that does not warrant any fantasy value at all. So I'm sitting Keelan Stokes. It'll be tough sledding for the Hurricane offense in this one. Sit Keelan Stokes. All right, guys. We're moving right along really well. Potential average performance, guys. Potential average performance. Owens, go. (laughs) That's what my wife said. Oh, (laughs) wow. Owens, go ahead, man. (laughs) Quarterback that I am going to say might have or probably is going to have a potential average performance is Quentin Harris from Duke versus Virginia. Um, listen, the guy, he started off real hot this year, this this season. Um, the last few games, he's, he's kind of slowed down uh, significantly. 
against Pitt and Georgia Tech. And Georgia Tech, like Lob said, can just open up. They bleed points. Uh, but uh, they didn't they didn't bleed none his way uh, last week. Um, <laughs> but uh, Quentin Harris, he, uh, he faces a tougher defense this week, this weekend uh, at Virginia. Uh, so I, I believe he's going to have a potential average performance. So be careful starting this guy. I like it, Mr. Law. I've been riding this young man for a while. I was a little late to the party, but Sean Clifford has been very, very good. Now, against Iowa on the road, he had a little bit of a setback. He had been so hot the previous two weeks. But now Clifford and the Nittany Lions host Michigan. Now, I know this is not as good of last year's Wolverines defense, but I have a feeling here Clifford could have a hiccup. You know, he might get you 20 fantasy points. I don't think he's going to exceed that because I just don't see there being multiple touchdowns against the Wolverines. So he's my pat for this week. I like it. I like it for the pat. Look, my quarterback, I'm going with Zach Smith from Cincinnati. Again, I set Keelan Stokes, and as a result of him struggling, him being the number one target for Mr. Zach Smith, I think he's going to struggle in this game. I said potential average performance because Tulsa has, you know, they have a few weapons. It's not just Keelan Stokes. And so I think I think I think he'll probably get you maybe 15, 20 points in this game. If if you have other matchups that you can look at, I think you should consider those. I think Zach Smith is going to struggle a bit in this game and potentially have an average college fantasy football performance. Nice. Uh, the running back that I'm uh, picking that I PAP potential average performance is James Gilbert versus TCU. Um, last week, Gilbert faced a Baylor team. Um, man, man, is, is, do, do Baylor have that good of a defense? Uh, are, 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 are they defense for real? I mean, I'm just saying Baylor playing D. I don't know, man. Stop. Stop being I, silly. I, I, I mean, I'm just listen. I mean, listen, the guy had 18 carries for 94 rushing yards, man. I mean, and two receptions for 21 yards. And he's going to face a TCU, uh, a good TCU defense. I, they're not as good as they normally are, but I think they're better than Baylor. But listen, man, I'm, I'm just saying Gilbert is probably going to have a potential average performance this week. Against TCU. Yeah, that was two weeks ago. They were on a bye week this past week, so hopefully he is refreshed. But Owens is definitely telling him, boy, you're going to be average this week. That's what he's telling Mr. Gilbert. John, what you got, man? Hey, one of my favorite players in college football this year is Eno Benjamin. We were talking about the Sun Devils earlier. Mm -hmm. But when Eno played those Michigan State Spartans on the road, he was held to 38 yards on 11 carries. Now, you got lucky that day because he scored a touchdown and he ended up with 12.9 fantasy points. I think the Utah Utes are going to sell out at home. They're going to put 10 men in the box. They are just going to shut down Eno. Look, at the end of the day, he's going to get you between 12 and 15 points. But they're going to force the freshman quarterback to beat them. Now, he might be able to do it, but he's got to prove it on the road here against the Utes. I, my pap at running back is Eno Benjamin. I like that one, man. I, mm. I actually wanted to – I actually picked him 
for a sit against Kyle, and I was completely wrong about that. As those touchdowns did save him, mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't get four yards per carry. It was three point something yards per carry in that game when Arizona yeah. State played Kyle that year. So those three touchdowns that day, so those three touchdowns certainly saved him. Look, I'm going with A.J. Dillon as my average performer, potential average performance from a running back. A.J. Dillon against NC State. NC State, the Wolfpack. Those guys are only giving up 66.7 rushing yards per game. Yes, 66.7, not even 67 rushing yards per game. They've already played Cam Akers and somewhat slowed him down. So it's not just they're just beating up on cupcake running backs. No, they've played a really, really talented running back in Cam Akers, and he didn't break 100 yards in that game. He did have a touchdown, but he had about 15 fantasy points. I think they'll do the same to A.J. Dillon. They even slow him down even more because he does not have the passing game that Cam Akers has, and and, and, and they're going to put 10, maybe, you know, maybe everybody in the box to stop A.J. Dillon because I don't <laughs> think Anthony Brown is capable of beating anybody when he's relied upon, when he has to be the guy. I think the pressure is going to get to him. So, A.J. Dillon, man, I think he's going to have an average day against NC State. Nice, nice. All right, the wide receiver that I'm going to go with to have a potential average performance, Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State versus Utah. Now, uh, I'm going to give you guys a pattern that I'm seeing here. Mm. Uh, Arizona State, listen. Brandon Ayuk, when you face a good defense, it's a struggle. When he when he facing a wide open defense, he gets down. Let me let me show you some some stats. Listen, against Michigan State, five catches for sixty four yards. All right, good defense. Against Colorado, nine catches for one hundred and twenty two yards and touchdown. Wide open defense. Come back against Cal, two catches for thirty one yards. Okay, good defense. Last week, Washington State. Seven catches, 196 yards, and three touchdowns. Wide open defense. Listen, he's going against Utah this week. What you think is going to happen? <laughs> Potential average performance this week yes, versus Utah. <laughs> yes, sir. I agree with that one. Mr. John. So I think everyone got excited on Twitter this weekend because if you didn't notice, Lynn Bowden Jr., mm-hmm. the wide receiver of Kentucky mm-hmm. ended up playing a little bit of quarterback and he was 7-11 passes for 78 yards and a touchdown and he also ran the ball for um, 196 yards and two touchdowns in the victory now that was an amazing performance and he's a good wide receiver but he's playing Georgia this week Ooh. my friends this is not the time to place a new quarterback on a good, not great team on the road against a pissed-off Bulldogs mm-hmm. that just lost to South Carolina, oh, man. man. Right. I know you're psyched. I know you're happy that he's playing quarterback. Man, They, I ain't playing them against the Bulldogs, my friends. Oh, Bulldogs no. going to eat. They hungry. Yes. <laughs> Put Bowden on the bench. Yes. They're, they're hungry and they're mad. Just like just like this team that I'm for to pick a guy against, uh, Brian Edwards, South Carolina. Just I mean they're living 
they're, they're, they're living high right now. They're living the high life right now. They just went into Georgia between the hedges and beat the undefeated Bulldogs who was picked to run rampant in the SEC East. They beat them on their home turf. Brian Edwards and those guys are going to be feeling good all week long. Florida's coming in just the exact opposite feeling of what South Carolina's feeling right now. They're pissed off. They're mad. They're going to come in there with an attitude. They're going to come in there with their sights set on shutting everybody down. They're going to mow everything down in front of them. Brian Edwards is a great wide receiver. The dude is good. He's just in the wrong place at the wrong time. I'm telling you, they're coming in mad. They're coming in with an attitude after being torched by Burrow. I think they're going to focus on Edwards, and that's going to result in him having a very, very average day. All right, guys, we are done with our start, sit, and PAP. We have come. Mr. John didn't know this, but this is a listener favorite. The listeners love this segment, this I Wish segment. They look forward to it every week. We get comments on it every single week. We get, you know, uh, messages about it every single week. So this is a great segment. It's a very fun segment. I'm ready. Owens, are you ready? Oh, man, I got something I got to get off my chest. All right, Mr. John Lobb, are you ready? I was born ready, he brother. He was born ready. Owens is going to kick us off. Mr. Lobb's going to follow him, and I will conclude the matter of I Wish segment. Here we go. And I wish on all I wish, I wish, I wish, Oregon, would y'all please let Verdell score a touchdown this year? I mean, he got one on the season, <laughs> and that's it, one all year. Listen, last game, he tore Colorado up. He ripped Colorado a new one, 171 rushing yards, but no touchdowns. Gets the first and goal from the nine. He gets one carry, gained two yards, and then Herbert ended up on a touchdown. Come back down again later on in the second quarter. Gets down to the one. They don't even think about Verdell. They put in, they put in uh, Lakino, one yard touchdown run. <laughs> Come back down again, uh, gets down uh, to the three yard line. They don't even think about, about Verdell. They bring in Jalen Red, three-yard touchdown run. It gets back down there again. Listen, Verdell uh, running rushed a seventy-yard run, and another guy, Lakito, again gets in the game, and he gets the touchdown. Listen, Oregon, please let Verdell get him some touchdowns, man. After all that work, <laughs> Mr. John Love. Oh, you, buddy. Man, I did not see this coming. I was totally confident. I laid some serious units down on Mississippi. They were only given seven points on the road to Tennessee. I had seen nothing out of Arnold Pierce that told me they could win this football game. How the hell did Mississippi State <laughs> lose? 
I mean, come on. They averaged 3.3 yards a carry <laughs> against the Tennessee Volunteers. They only passed for 146 yards. They threw three interceptions. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish I put the money down on the Volunteers. <laughs> That's all right, man. Get it off your chest. Get it off your chest. Listen, I wish, I wish I could veto some of these coaching decisions. Just get rid of them. I wish I would, I would have a button sitting in my house to where a coach would run a running back out there at, 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 at a particular time, and I'd hit the button and say, nope, take him out, put the other guy right back in there. Look, when the running back is going to work between the 20s, and he's just ripping off runs, nine yards here, 15 yards here, 13 yards here. And you and you take him out. You take him out as you take him out inside the five. And you send the other guy in there. You send the backup in there. And he comes in. Look, look, he comes in one play later. He just prances into the end zone. He just twinkled toes into the end zone, untouched, doesn't even get hit. I mean, he just he just James Brown shuffles on the way in the end zone. Mm-hmm. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of this stuff. I'm tired of seeing this happen. I would veto Dana Holgerson's decision to redshirt De'Aaron King. Mm-hmm. Look at the crap that they're throwing out there right now. Look at the crap that they threw out there this past week. Ridiculous. Clayton Toon, stomp. Completely stunk it up. Mm-hmm. And then he threw his son in there. Little Logan Hogerson, he threw two passes. One of them was a pick. <laughs> so it's like, dude, what are you doing? Why did you redshirt De'Aaron King? What was the point? What are you saving him for, man? Your season is gone. It's down the drain because you thought you were smarter than what you really were. Listen, I would veto a lot of these coaching decisions. I wish I had a button in my house. I'd be pushing that sucker all day Saturday. I, I wish I had that button too. <laughs> I wish I could veto some coaching decisions. Guys, that does it for the hours segment for this edition, this episode, episode seven of the Ankle Biters Podcast. Check this out. Again, you can hit us up on Twitter at CFF Nation. That's the Twitter handle for the Sooner Nation College Fantasy Football account. You can hit us up for questions, uh, give us a shout out. You can even email us at sooner.nation at yahoo.com for questions, for help, for insight, anything that has to do with college fantasy football. We'll be glad to help you out. We'll be glad to help you. Uh, Guys, we've come to the stash and trash segment of the show where we're stashing a quarterback, running back, and a wide receiver. And we're also getting rid of some guys that have gotten on our last nerve this year. We're trashing some guys, quarterback, running back, wide receiver. Orange, you're going to kick us off. And our special guest, Mr. Lobb, is going to follow you, and I will conclude the stash and trash. Let's do it. The quarterback that I'm going to stash this week, Hendon Hooker from Virginia Tech. Listen, the guy is only 7% owned, so that means he's available in almost every fantasy league out there. Um, The guy uh, put up some pretty good fantasy numbers against uh, good Miami-Florida defense uh, in his first start. 
last week against Rhode Island. Um, like I said, it was kind of a shootout a little bit. Um, I, I knew they was going to kind of work on his passing game a little bit, which he threw the ball pretty well last week. He had some drops in the game that should have been, like I said, should have been caught, could have been uh, a long touchdown to uh, Hazleton that was dropped. Uh, but like I said, the guy is uh, an athlete. He can, he can do it with his arm. He can do it with his legs. Uh, I'm going to stash uh, Hendon Hooker this week from Virginia Tech. I like this stash. Mr. John Love. I am going to stash Justin McMillan, one of my favorite quarterbacks so far this year, the Tulane Green Wave quarterback. He just pounded UConn for 29.25 fantasy points, two passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown for the season. He's been one of the top 25 quarterbacks in college fantasy football. Put him on your bench, people, or even if your lineup in your lineup if you need it. I'm stashing Justin McMillan, Tulane. Mm-hmm. Justin McMillan, the transfer from LSU, mm-hmm. doing his thing out there for the Green Wave. Look, I'm going to stash Jack Abraham. I can't believe that this guy is still only 28% on. This guy has been lighting it up with the exception of the game against Alabama, which is to be expected, mm-hmm. but against like competition. The competition that he's going to be facing for the rest of the year, the Louisiana Techs and the Rices and the UTSAs of the world. Mm-hmm. He has been lighting the likes of Troy up and UTEP in North Texas. He is killing these guys, man. The last mm-hmm. game against North Texas, 421 yards through the air, three touchdowns, 80% passing completion percentage. He even had a rushing touchdown. Look, if this guy is available in your league, You've got to go stash Jack Abraham from Southern Miss, the Golden Eagles. Jack Abraham. Ooh, that's my quarterback. I got him. Yes, sir. Anyways. You feel good about that? I feel, feel good. good about yeah, that? I feel good about it. Sir. You're still going to get beat. No. <laughs> <laughs> the quarterback that I'm going to send to the dumpster this week, Tommy Stevens from Mississippi State. Listen, mm. Tommy, listen, man. You stink. That's what I got to say. <laughs> you stink and you belong in a trash can. So, uh, listen, from the beginning, of, since the beginning of the season, you stunk. And and, and, mm. and I just got to say it, man. You still stink, man. The Schrader is going to – they need to go ahead and, and give the reins to Schrader. I don't know why they keep throwing Tommy Stevens out there, man, because every time they throw him out there, he disappoint them. Stop throwing, <laughs> stop throwing a guy out there, man. Just just go ahead and just say, listen, Schrader, this is your, this is your team, man. Take over. You know, leave Stevens on the bench because I'm sending him to the trash can, trashing Tommy Stevens this week. Get in that trash can, in Tommy. Trash can. Mr. John. I, I am getting rid of for this week Jacob Eason. You know – I'm tired of mediocre number <laughs> in college fantasy football, man. I mean, you got to have upside. You got to be able to score 40 points. You want to win a college fantasy football championship, you got to have that type of quarterback, man. Jacob Eason is just not dynamic, man. His high total all year was against Hawaii in the opener, 25.8. He went down to Arizona. The Huskies scored 51 on those pathetic Wildcats, 
and Jacob Eason only had two touchdowns? What the heck is that? I'm done. Get him out, man. I'm done with this guy. <laughs> I and agree he's with Oregon you. and Utah in the next two weeks. Mm. Yes, this guy, he's been terrible. I agree. Mm-hmm. The, the quarterback I am trashing mm-hmm. is Nick Starkle, who is beyond mediocrity. Nick, I mean, they had this fight at the beginning of the season and a few games into the season. Chad Morris couldn't make his mind up. Does he want to stay loyal to uh, Ben Hicks or does he want to turn to the more talented Nick Starkle? At this point, it does not even matter, man. (laughs) Both of those guys stink. Nick Starkle, like I said, he is beyond mediocrity. The guy is terrible against Kentucky, 7 of 19. 41 yards, no touchdowns, no anything. The guy is terrible against Texas A&M, just as bad. I mean, they should put the freshman in there. Just go ahead and put the freshman, uh, K.J. Jefferson, in there. Let him get some burn. See if he can get his feet wet and get comfortable with this offense. But Nick (laughs) Starkle, dude, no. Get in the trash can, and I may burn it while you're in there. You're just that bad. I like it. All right. The running back, I'm going to stash this week. Trey Harbison, Northern Illinois. Listen, oh, Trey, only 13% owned. Again, he should be available in pretty much everybody's league. Not mine because I got the guy. I'm happy about it. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, listen, the guy, he done turned it up. Uh, since they didn't get any conference play, uh, the guy they done started giving him the ball more. The, like the last couple games, he's just been a fantasy stud. Um, this ball state, twenty-two carries, hundred forty-six yards, and two touchdowns this past weekend against Ohio. Twenty-five carries, hundred thirteen yards, and three touchdowns. I mean, just a fantasy stud right now. So I am going to grab Trey Harbison and I'm going to stash him. This week. Cool. Mr. John Law, what you got, sir? Man, you've got to get this player, Anthony Jones, Florida International. One of the great stories in college fantasy football. He missed the entire 2017 season. Then, unfortunately, the young man suffered a gunshot wound to the face last year. He's oh, wow. really overcome so much to get back on the field. And in his last three games, He's been going crazy, folks. He's only owned on 4% of teams. He had 19 fantasy points against Louisiana Tech. At UMass, he did one better with 22 fantasy points. And last yesterday against Charlotte, he had 37 fantasy points. He is rocking and rolling. This young man, he's going to keep playing hard. He has a dream of getting drafted by a team and playing in the NFL. I'm all in on his story and his narrative, but more importantly, I want him on my college fantasy football team. People, <laughs> what, are you, what are you ignoring? He's only owned on 4%. Go get Anthony Jones of the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Anthony Jones. Get him. Jones out there coaching the Florida International Panthers, man. Look, the running back I'm going to stash is Justin Henderson. This guy is absolutely lighting it up right now. Only 20% on. He's available in 80% leagues on the fan tracks mm-hmm. platform, college fantasy football platform. By the way, if you're not playing fantasy football on fan tracks, I don't know 
why you would do anything else. Yahoo's just not Yahoo's good, they, but they stink. Yeah, they stink. yeah, yeah I was yes, yeah, do. I was I was I was trying they, to be they, nice. They're terrible. They're they terrible. Care. They, they don't be, It's P5 and Independence, and it's just terrible. I, I, I actually jumped into Yahoo League last year just to see what it was like, and it was horrible. Hey, man, put horrific. Yahoo Leagues in the trash, man. He's going to trash. Uh, yeah, I'm, that's what I'm trashing. <laughs> I'm trashing Yahoo. College fantasy football. <laughs> I mean, they, they don't even care about their, their players. They don't nah. give – they don't offer you nothing. Right? No, that, nothing over there. But the running back that I'm stashing – it's Justin Henderson. Mm-hmm. Look, if you were on Yahoo, you wouldn't have access to Justin Henderson. Right. Bang. There you go right there. Mm-hmm. Listen, the guy has been ah. lighting it up the past few weeks. You know, they were kind of rolling with some other guys in the beginning of the season, Jacquez, Dancy, Israel Tucker. But now Justin Henderson has established himself as the guy. The last three games, the guy has seven touchdowns. In the last three games, he is killing teams, man. Yes, I mean, just killing teams, man. He he lit UMass up last week for he had only had eleven carries for one hundred and thirty-seven yards, three touchdowns. He also caught the ball twice for thirty-one yards and a touchdown. So you PPR guys, you got to go get him against Rice. Twelve carries, sixty-four yards and a touchdown. Okay, but he had four carries for twenty-seven yards. So he's getting some catches out of the backfield. Justin Henderson, again, only 28% on. The guy is built well. He's 5'10", 218 pounds. I think they're going to keep feeding him the rock as they get into their conference schedule. Southern Miss, not the nasty bunch that they used to be, is up against uh, uh, Louisiana Tech this week. You got UTEP. They stink. North Texas is giving up points mm, to everybody. Mm, if me, if me, if if myself, John, and Owens would form a team, we could go put up 21 points on UTEP and North Texas. Mm-hmm. And so you've got those guys on the schedule. You got to stash Justin Henderson. Nice. I like it. Now, the running back, and I'm going to send to the trash, Ty Chandler from Tennessee. He had a, he had a good start to the season. Uh... Against BYU, 26 carries, 154 yards, and two touchdowns. You're looking like – I mean, not two touchdowns, but uh, no touchdowns. I'm sorry, I read that wrong. 154 yards, though, rushing on 26 carries against BYU. And I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I thought BYU was going to have a better defense than they did. That's the first game of the season, so I'm looking at that old tie channel like, okay, maybe he's going to do something, man, you know. No. Shut my thought down, man. Just burn it up. Listen. <laughs> The guy has stunk it up ever since that first game. And evidently, they uh, the coaches see it because they ain't really giving him the ball that much. Uh, they just want to give him, I guess they're trying to make him happy. I guess let him play a little bit, you know, yeah, throw him on the field and get some touches so he won't hear his mouth or whatever. But he stink. He stink. I know it. They know it. Everybody know it. He probably know it. He's going in the trash this week. If you got Ty Chandler, drop him because he's no use to you. Put him in the trash. Man, I like it. John Lobb, what you got, sir? Well, I'm not going to really put this young man in the trash. I'm just going to put him into storage. And the reason why I'm the reason why I'm saying this, he's owned up 50% of leagues still. I don't understand it. People, there are probably what four weeks left in the regular season, three weeks maybe, depending on your schedule. And then we have the playoffs. 
and this man is out for the, at least the next five weeks. Jatervius uh, Whitlow of Auburn. Why is he on 50% of leagues, everyone? Actually, 67%. He's got to get cut. Put him on the sideline for now, everyone. I like it. Owens, you going to cut him? Man, that's it. <laughs> yeah. We're in a dynasty league. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> well, that's different. Yes. In a redraft. Cut him, Owens. You got to cut him. Look, the guy I'm cutting is Dietrich Mills. I was waiting on this guy because he looked like the caliber because of the build and everything, of his body type and everything that, that Divine Ozigbo was last year. Mm-hmm. Not Dietrich Mills, man. He's not that dude. He is not that guy. This guy has been struggling all season long. You would think that I, that he was going to come in and just take over that role and just kind of pick up where Divino Zigmo left off. I mean, he he comes from the Garden City College that was on the Netflix show. You know, the coach that was going back and forth with uh, the guy on the uh, what's his name, John? I, f- I forgot his name. What's his name, John something? Well, anyways, the coach that was on the uh, the Netflix show, mm-hmm. and so you saw him on there. The guy ran for thirteen hundred fifty-eight yards and nineteen scores at that school, Garden City Community College. And so you're thinking, okay, this guy's going to come in and solidify himself. Maurice Washington has the whole court issues, the legal issues that he's dealing with, and it just hasn't happened. The guy has had 100-yard game against Northern Illinois. Other than that, the guy has completely stunk. Mm. Stunk. Mm. Stunk it up. And so I'm not I'm not I'm not doing anything with Dietrich Mills right now except for putting him in the trash. Nine carries for 28 yards. He got in the end zone. So what? <laughs> so what? You had nine carries for 28 yards. 3.1 yards per carry against mm. Minnesota. Come on, dude. Get oh. out of here. Head to that trash can, sir. Head to the trash can. Horrible. Horrible. All right. Wide receiver stash. Um, I'm going with this week. It's uh, Damon Hazelton, man, from Virginia Tech. Oh, Hazelton, man. He's he's been uh, banged up uh this year. Uh come back, man. He's trying to fight his way back into you know gameplay or whatever, man. He only had one catch for 72 yards and a touchdown against Duke. Um, he only had one catch for 29 yards against Miami, Florida a couple weeks ago. But this past weekend. Uh, with old Hooker in the game, man. I mean, Hooker, it seemed like he's targeting Hazleton a lot. Um, he had five catches for 93 yards and, and two touchdowns. Uh, like I said earlier, should have been three. It would have been a real long, long bomb, man. He caught the ball. Um, but uh, a couple more passes, man. Like I said, another another touchdown that should have been caught that was dropped in the, in the back of the end zone. Um, like I said, he looked like he's uh, Hooker's favorite target. So, um, Hazleton, uh, only 24% owned, should be available in most leagues. I would go stash the guy this week. I like it. Mr. Lobb, what you got? I cannot believe this young man is only owned on 9% of teams. I'm absolutely shocked. We were talking about it earlier. Louisville Cardinals, they are for real on offense. Des Fitzpatrick, if you have not noticed – 
He has gone three consecutive games with over 100 yards. He has scored in each of the last three contests for a total of four touchdowns. He is tearing it up. Now, he has Clemson at home. That's a tough matchup. But you know what? Afterwards, I like it. I cannot believe that Des Fitzpatrick is sitting out there on 91% of waiver wires. Go get Des Fitzpatrick now, everyone. I like it. The wide receiver that I'm stashing is Mr. Austin Watkins of UAB, the Blazers. Yes, they have a passing attack this year. They are (laughs) without a heavy run attack as they have been the past few years. But Austin Watkins is the man to own. He's only 10% owned. Only 10% owned on Fantrax Leagues. Austin Watkins, man, he tore UTSA up. Six catches, 167 yards, and a touchdown in that game. I think he is solidifying himself as the go-to guy for Mr. Tyler Johnston the third. Mm-hmm. So, listen, I'm stashing Austin Watkins. Owens, who you trashing? Good stash. All right. The wide receiver that I'm going to send to the dumpster this week. Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. Listen, man. Oh, Rashad, Rashad. Remember a couple weeks ago, boy, you had everybody fooled with them six catches, 177 yards, and two touchdowns against Purdue. <laughs> you know, when everybody went and snatched you up and threw you in the game, and you probably got them beat. <laughs> Come back <laughs> with two catches for 71 yards. Okay, I guess it'll know it. Last week, you really got them beat. One catch for negative four. What? One catch for negative four. You might as well have not even made a catch. You should have just slapped the ball down to the ground. You should have just slapped it down so I didn't want it. One catch for negative. Come on, man. Listen. Listen, you got to go to the trash, man. Actually, I need to put you in the trash, close the lid, and put another trash on top of it. Stink. <laughs> Cool. Mr. John, what you got, sir? I actually feel bad because I think I was one of the people who promoted him, and I actually hurt <laughs> him. Man, and Andrew Parchment of the Kansas City Jayhawks, man, he was jamming. He had back-to-back games against Boston College and West Virginia in mid-September where he had a combined 13 catches for 232 yards and four touchdowns. But since then... He is stunk, stunk. Eight passes, eight catches, I mean, for 55 yards and no touchdowns. Everyone, I know I I implored people to get him, but it is now time to put him in the trash. He ain't getting it done any longer, but Andrew Parchment, he's in the trash. Man, I like it, man. Look, I had the same trash as Owens, but I'm going to change it. Because this guy made me mad this past week. He's a slasher or a – he can be used at multiple positions on fan tracks. He's a wide receiver, but he can be used as a running back. But since he has wide receiver eligibility, I'm trashing this sucker. Caleb Twyford, please get off my roster. As soon as you can, I am going to drop you so fast. I don't think you're going to know what happened to you. Listen, this guy – I don't know if it's Jake Spavadol. I don't know what the deal is. This guy can see he can't seem to find the end zone <laughs> for the Bobcats. Caleb Twyford for the Texas State 
Bobcats, look, man, I've got to put this guy in the trash. He almost got me beat this past week. I mean, this I was excited about this dude. He's a wide receiver <laughs> with, with running back eligibility. Oh, he's a running back with we wide receiver eligibility. <laughs> man, we love him. Listen, man, he had, the, 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 he had 27 carries for 137 yards against Georgia State. I was excited. Then he comes back with 17 carries for 73 yards. Okay. 10 carries, 78 yards, okay. The guy <laughs> hasn't had a touchdown all year except for in one game against SMU where it didn't even matter because he only had 11 carries for 27 yards, three <laughs> catches for 53 yards in that game. He has no fantasy value at this point. Caleb Twyford, please get out of here. Go to the trash can, sir. That does it for our stash and trash. That does it for the episode had a lot of fun this episode. Thank you so much, Mr. John yes, Love, for gracing us with your presence and your knowledge for the game. Would you please tell the people where they can find you and your wonderful work that we get to take part of every week? Sure. So thanks for having me on the show. I've had a blast tonight. I love talking college fantasy football. And we just gave out so much great information for your listeners. You guys are great. I love your podcast. And it's great to be on it for the first time. So all of my written stuff for college fantasy football is on fantracks.com.com. I have two columns each week, a waiver wire gemstones column that comes out on Tuesday mornings. And I have a um, sleepers column that comes out on Fridays. You can also listen to um, the podcast in which I'm a co-host CFF on campus. That's available on fan tracks also, but please give me a follow on Twitter at gridiron skull 91. I could not afford the a and the R so it's gridiron skull 91 at Twitter <laughs> and I'll be glad to interact with anyone on Twitter. That's good. That's it for me and my co-host Owens. Again, thanks for Mr. John Lobb. We will see you guys next week. Peace. Later.